This is Redefining the Counterculture on Witten Radio. Make sure to check out our website at wittenradio.com. Hey guys, you're listening to a special interview with the one and only John Fallon. John, how are you? Very good, Walter. How are you? Doing well, doing well. I'm super excited to talk with you. It's been two years since our last interview, and the last time I spoke with you, uh, you were actually working on The Siege of Robin Hood. Um, tell me, how have you been? I know it's been a crazy year with uh, the pandemic and just changes to the film industry. How have you been holding up? Well, for me on a personal level, this pandemic um, was basically taking everything that I've been working on and at the level that everything's at, and basically um, putting a big pause button on it. So I'm I'm fairly creative and inventive, and I always say when uh, you know when you're throwing a curveball, you adjust, you adapt, and you keep going forward to win. So that's what I've done. So uh, in terms of various my various projects. I'm adjusting and adapting. And uh, in terms of the business itself, like theaters, clothing, and whatnot, pre-pandemic, it was already going that way, if, in my opinion. Anyway, it was already going that way. Um, everything, you know, Netflix was booming up. <clears throat> more and more movies were going on streamings, and only the big, big Hollywood movies were on the big screen. So uh, it looks like uh, this pandemic has delivered the coup de grace. And uh, the big screening experience is most definitely on its way out. Uh, with that said, just like any market, the market now is hurting, is unstable. Um, so I'm just waiting to see where the chips fall once we get over uh, this pandemic fiasco. I hear you. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely has been a tough year all around, I do feel like filmmaking got, I would say, a large part of the brunt of what, what's what's taking place. Um, it's hard to say what will happen next, but uh, I just, you know, I commend you for, you know, still pushing forward and, you know, still, you know, you're a person that is constantly honing his craft and, you know, constantly pushing the, 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 the film industry forward. And I think that that's something to be very, very, very proud of. Um, well, look, another look at this way, Walter, you know, it's a bad time right now. The pandemic economy's down. Cinemas are closing and whatnot. But, you know, there's always going to be a need for content. There's always going to be a need for movies. So this is definitely temporary. Uh, once the dust clears, maybe it's not going to be the same ball game. But there's still going to be a ball game, so you know I'm I'm feeling uh, optimistic and positive. I have a lot of uh, irons in the fire, and uh, I'm just I just keep pushing and 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 strategizing um, for when you know the cage opens up and uh, the wolf can come out. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I know that you've done. Um, you've been uh, there are some projects you've been working on. Um, I. The last I saw, um, if I'm correct, um, your film uh, Heretic, we were uh, in pre-production, <clears throat> and uh, 
you know, heretic, heretic uh, aside, is my I'll get it done or I'll die trying project. It really is. Uh, there's, a, there's a certain um, sense of peace, uh, knowing that in my heart that uh, I'm just never going to stop. Uh, heretic was actually really close. Uh, you know, we had our locations locked, our costumes being made. And uh, when the pandemic hit, but the pandemic, we were still my producers, my great producers, Asko Kopian, Arman, Arman Nashian, uh, just kept forging forward. But then there was a war in uh, Nagorno-Karabakh, uh, also known uh, as uh, Aksak, uh, between the uh, local Armenians. The, 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 it's a disputed territory, but it's 95, it was 95% Armenian. And there's a war that grew up there. And uh, basically the end result of the war is that the territory was given, <coughs> excuse me, to the uh, Azerbaijan, I have trouble with these words, sorry. Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan. <laughs> so basically they were giving to the Turks and the Azerbaijan took over the territory and the Armenians were thrown out. Unfortunately, that's where all our locations were. So, so now that it's no longer Armenian territory, um, yeah. So back to the drawing board. Oh boy, that, that was a big that was a big hit. I mean, look, it's that that really affected me. Yes, because of the movie, definitely, but more so because um, you know I'm I'm not Armenian, obviously, but a lot of my best friends throughout my life were Armenians. A lot of people that helped me, supported me were Armenians. And, uh, you know, they're Christians. And we all know about the Armenian genocide. And uh, although I don't like to talk politics too much, I will say that what happened in uh, Atsak was basically a uh, quasi-genocide 2.0. Um, yes. Turkey and uh, Azerbaijan, you know, whatever, um, didn't really play fair. You know, they brought in uh, jihadists to the war. They, they, they didn't follow the rules of engagement. They, they, they shot a missile at a church. Um, as a Christian, it was, uh, for me, very, uh, yeah, very emotional for me. And made even worse that the entire world just didn't care. The entire world really didn't care. I tried as much as I can to bring awareness about it through social. And, you know, being that the United States is a very Christian country, um, and Canada as well, uh, I thought there would be more support for Arm uh, Armenia, but there wasn't. So, so that really, that, you know, like really the worst thing that happened to me this year, yeah, the pandemic, yeah, yeah, but it's that war. And again, not so much about heretic, although, yeah, Stuck, but more so about um, what was done to these Christian Armenians. Yeah, With that said, the irony, the irony has not you know, escaped me that you know, Heretic is a movie about second, a post-Second Crusade, so you know, Christian versus Islam, and now the shoot got halted by an actual mini holy war, which is Christian, Versus Islam, so um, yeah, 
before June 4th. Absolutely. Yeah, I that was what came to my mind um, was uh, just the the irony, like the you know the the close tie between you know the subject of the film and um, what's actually going on. It's you know it's crazy. Um, Heretic. I know you said it's a it's a a lifelong thing that a film that you know has been birthed in you. Um, when when did you know that Heretic was something? When did you know that Heretic was it? What, how did the story come to you? Um, when did you know that this was a project that you wanted to basically do for your whole life? Well, the shelter, which you've seen, because that's how we met, actually. Um, the shelter really changed me, the, the, the process of doing it, uh, writing it, directing it, uh, the post-production of it. Um, everything about the, sh- you know, I don't really want to get into it too much, but the shelter changed me and brought me much closer to my faith. And um, and it kind of led me to heretic. I was looking for something um, that addressed faith <laughs> and the relation between man and faith, how, you know, some men will use faith for evil. You know, some, some men will use faith to manipulate. Some men will use faith uh, as an excuse to hate, as an excuse to 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 start a war, just because they want uh, you know riches. So I was really fascinated by that, and my um, co-screenwriter, Karim Shagan, had a short, a short, a short film, like 25 pages or something, 22 pages, uh, called Heretic, and. Uh, it was about two Templars. I'm not going to tell you what it's about, actually, because then I'll give away the ending of the movie. But this uh, <laughs> is a short. I started developing the short, and I just wanted to direct something. You know, getting a feature off the ground takes a long time. Heretic now is three years. I just wanted to direct something, so I'm like, all right, let's do this short. So I hired you know, Paul Sloan, who is also going to be the lead in the feature. And, uh, and it's his fault, actually, what happened. Because Paul Sloan, at some point, like, the short is so good, John. This is so good. It has to be a feature. It should be a feature. So uh, my co-screenwriter and I bounced and kind of came up with a story that preludes the last act. So the, basically, the short film is the last act of feature. And we wrote a feature. And then, you know, my, my initial plan of, oh, I just want to do a short so I could direct something already, uh, backfired. And uh, it became a feature. And, uh, you know, I've been working on it consistently with, with my producers, who, incidentally, are probably the best producers I've ever worked with in my life. And, and uh, really, really, really great guys and really uh, tenacious gentlemen. And, uh, yeah, three years nonstop. But it's a fantastic script, and I'm not just, you know, patting my own my own back. You know, everybody that reads it loves it, and I'm completely in love with it. And what this pandemic has done actually has given me more time to prep it. So you know, work on my shot, work on my vision. So yeah. Uh, do you remember um, just how the story? of the shelter came to you? What was going on in your life at the time that, like, led you to the creation of that film? Um, yeah, of course. Uh, the shelter, the, the, the 
the seed that sparked the shelter was I was walking back from a hockey game in winter, and there was a homeless man sitting on the ground. <clears throat> and I passed by, and he was begging for money, so I gave him a couple bucks and walked away. And for some reason, um, I thought, started thinking about this guy, like, where'd he come from? How did he get there? And where is he going after? So when I got home, I wrote those three things, you know, who's this guy? Where'd he come from? Where's he going? And that was kind of like the seed that started to get it going. Um, but it was, it took me a very long time to write the script. Um, I only had the first, uh, the first act and the ending. I never, I didn't have my middle section. Um, I don't know if I really, it's it, a lot of weird stuff happened with that, with that script. So, um, when I was stuck in terms of the middle section, I had a flood in my apartment and my landlord sent a um, plumber. It was this Asian gentleman. So he came and uh, he fixed the flood and I was working on my computer and I was looking over my shoulder and I was surfing um, Christian-based sites. So it's just it's, uh, scripture or articles, anything to kind of find um, a clue to lead me to finish the script because I was really stuck. And uh, the gentleman said, oh, are you Christian? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm just writing a script. I'm just doing research. He's like, oh. I was, well, you should check these sites out. So he took up the pen and paper that was on my desk and he just wrote these three sites. And then he left. And I surfed the site and through one of the sites that, he suggested I had a eureka moment and uh, basically just dived in and, and finished the script. And I was happy as uh, I was very happy because it was years I was stuck. You know, I'd written other scripts, worked on other movies, but I could not let the shelter go. I need to break this script. And this gentleman did it. So the next day, um, the flood... Uh, Happened again. I, I lived on, on the fourth floor. So another flood, another pipe broke, flood in my apartment. There's, uh, I'm not going to go into details, but let's just say things are floating around. It's very small. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm fairly angry at this point. So I go downstairs to see my landlord, and I'm like, listen, man, that the plumber that you sent did an awful job. There's another flood, and my belongings are ruined, blah, blah. And he said to me, I never sent the plumber. He was coming on Thursday. Oh, wow. I'm like, but no, it was a plumber yesterday. In the door, dressed like a plumber, Asian gentleman. So he looks in the paperwork. No, 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 they're coming on Thursday. So I'm like, do you mind calling the company just to find out they sent somebody here? So he calls the company. And um, no, no plumber was ever sent from that company. My landlord never sent a plumber, so... But today, I have no idea who that plumber is. So that was one of the weird things that happened with the shelter. And then, you know, from script to trying to get it financed, nobody would finance it, nobody got it. And I get it that nobody got it. because It is, it is a very, um, what's the word, non-conventional uh, script, story. Um, so finally, I just said, you know, nobody's going to give me a shot, so I'll make my own shot. And... Um, Basically, all my life savings, everything, all my credit cards. Oh, 
all the cash I had, everything, and that's how I made the movie. Because I figured I'd rather be broke and feel that I fulfilled what I want to achieve and have money and not do what I want to do. So, as you know, the shelter came out. Uh, so, yeah, shelter, financed it, came out. Um, most critics enjoyed it. Actually, I got, I got, I got like over 60 positive reviews or something. Uh, audiences seem to hate it. I have like a three, three on internet mobility or something like that. Um, but it didn't really matter. Uh, Shelter was the first time where I made something, I created something that seemed to move some of the people that watched it. I mean, I had like an alcoholic email me out of nowhere, like somebody I don't know. Say, thank you so much for, for your film. You know, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Uh, you know, you, your film has helped me uh, go towards my faith. Uh, when I premiered it at Fight Fest, when I came out, that was my first experience of getting that kind of feedback. And I came outside, and there was this young woman who came up to me. She's like, are you John Fallon? So I'm like, yes. She's like, oh, I just saw the shelter. I just want to hug you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've inspired me to go back towards my faith. So I started getting, not a million of them, but you know, I started getting, you know, now and then people thanking me for the movie because they moved them and helped them go towards their faith. And for me, that was incredibly uh, rewarding, uh, more rewarding than, you know, reviews or this or that. And uh, so in a nutshell, the entire experience that was from writing it to making it and all the weird stuff, I, I could... I could talk to you for days, Walter, so I'm not going to do it. And the feedback it got basically changed me, uh, brought me back to my own faith. Because I was raised Catholic throughout my life, but um, you know, I had a very difficult upbringing, and I was very angry at God. And uh, I was blaming the wrong guy, by the way. So, um, so, yeah, so that changed me. So that changed me as a, as a human being, and it changed me as a filmmaker. Absolutely. Yeah, I, John, I, it's, to hear you talk about it, it's, I almost feel like there were, it was, it's almost like there was like divine providence at, at certain points, like when you were writing the script, you know, your, your story about the plumber, I mean, <laughs> I don't mean to sound cool, but, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, angels, you know, sometimes we entertain angels and we're unaware. And that's what came to mind when, when you're talking about the, the plumber. I, I think that that could be some divine providence there. <laughs> it was definitely, uh, it was definitely, um, you know, that's actually it's funny because after I was done with the shelter and after all the weird things that happened, and, you know, and, and the, the plumber was a positive thing. There was also a lot of negative uh, especially during post-production where uh, my, my editor, who was also uh, my DP at the great Bobby Hallbrook, we encountered uh, technical difficulties uh, with 666 appearing on the screen and the movie won't, won't export and the color correction wouldn't stick. And then at some point, uh, the, we're using DaVinci to, to edit and uh, it just would not export and keep the film the way all our work would be more who never work. And I remember one, one night, me and Bobby were like doing an all-nighter on the movie and, and the, the screen just stopped. Sorry, I was going to swear. The, the, the screen just stopped and froze and then six, six, six appeared and he got up 
and uh, he's a Christian, and he ran out of the ed- editing room and went outside to have a cigarette, and I just looked at oh him and what the heck is going on? So I went outside, and I'll always remember this moment. Bobby's like pacing around, smoking a cigarette. He's like, John, John, the good Lord doesn't want us to make this film. The Lord doesn't want us to make this film. And I just looked at him and I said, Bobby, saw what was on the screen. That was not the good Lord. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> take a big breather and let's just go back in. You know, so, so anyways, all I have to say, after the, after the shelter and everything, we went through, I said to myself, I'm never doing a movie that addresses faith again. No way. No way. It's way too much. I'll just keep doing these action movies and war movies because, you know, a little much here. But uh, after some time passed and Heretic came about, um, yeah, that's not true. <laughs> I'll, go at it. I'll go at it again. So now, you know, Heretic's got, you know, Holy War under its belt. It's got, you know, so it's okay. It's okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to make that movie, and it's going to be kind Um, I know that you've done a little bit of everything in, in Hollywood. I mean, you've, you know, you've produced, you've screenwritten, you've directed, you've acted. Is there, is there any one of those hats that you like more so than the other? Do you prefer directing, uh, overacting, or vice versa? Um, well, right now I, I'm, I'm really uh, focusing mainly on directing, but as you can see, after three years with Heretic, it takes the time it takes to get behind the camera. So, <clears throat> so I enjoy directing when I finally get on set. Right now, basically, what I've been doing is, yes, preparing as a director and heretic, but also producing and assisting my, my producers in, in getting the film where it needs to be. Um, so directing is the most fulfilling of them for me right now because it's, you're basically the painter. You're the, you, you know, you're the painter, you know, and, 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 you have all these elements that make your canvas. You know? So the, the director's in control of everything. So from, from, from casting to, to um, locations to the shots, of course, it's a collaboration. So with your EP and collaboration with your actors and whatnot. But you're basically the, uh, the maestro of the orchestra. And I enjoy that. And uh, when, when I shot the shelter, you know, it's a low-budget movie, and uh, I had a solid crew and solid producers, and and you're the leader, and you're going to war, and that's how it is. You know, it's uh, it's you leading a bunch of people to a common goal, and every day there's obstacles thrown your way, and and you have to think on your feet and and find solutions. And I love that challenge. I love that experience. I like I like stress. I like when problems are thrown my way because I love being challenged to fix them. So, um, so yeah, so directing really feels, is really what I want to do. But that said, I still enjoy writing. Um, I don't do it as much, although I'm writing here on the head book now, so that's different than uh, being writing. <clears throat> and uh, acting now feels like a vacation to me. So when, <laughs> when, the last time I acted, I acted on this TV show. Um, it was 2014, so years ago. And you know, as an actor, you just show up, you know your lines, you get your mark, you do your thing, you go home, you get paid. 
That's it. As a producer director, well, you know, it's like I said three years on Heretic right now. You know, putting in, putting in, putting in, putting in, prepping, prepping, prepping. At the finish line, the crumbles, prepping, 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 finish line. There's a war that happens. So it's yeah, acting is a vacation for me. So it's uh, I enjoy it, and uh, I've been offered a couple of roles this year uh, for next year once. Uh, and then it blows over, and I'm excited. I'm excited to, to act again, and just, I mean, it's a lighter thing. So, but yeah, directing is my main thing. Right on, John. I I love it. Uh, you're, yeah, you, I mean, you've done some amazing work um, in front of the, the camera as an actor, and, and obviously behind behind the camera. Um, I did hear you mention Arrow in the Head, and, and a lot of people forget that you're the founder of Arrow in the Head. Um, Twenty years later, the the site is still going strong and uh, still putting out amazing content. Um, how do you tell me where the the idea of the of this site came about? Uh, that was that was uh, my good friend Bush Bidian Joe Blow, who started Joe Blow in 1998. Time I was um, doing the auditions rounds as, as an actor, and I was working as a script author for local production companies. And uh, I knew nothing about the internet. I didn't even have an email address in 1998. Oh wow, that's a while back before social media and everything. And um, in the year 2000, he came up to me and he said, uh, "You know about all that horror stuff." So why don't you write on my site? And, uh, you know, write core reviews, whatever. So I figured, why not? I'd keep my writing fresh for screenwriting. And I, I, did, I didn't think very much of it. But, uh, you know, I used to be, I was a one-man show, you know, running the whole site, reviewing talent and stuff like that. And within about three months, uh, I realized that this, I hit a nerve and started to pick up and I'm going ahead groupies and stuff so and people asking me for autographs because of the fight. So uh, that's when I knew okay. This is not what I thought it was gonna be. I thought just my mom would read <laughs> and that was it. But no, I kinda of blew up and you know, I'm very uh, I'm very proud of where we are now and you know, uh, big uh, kudos to to Burge, uh, aka Joe Blow for uh I mean he's the leader of the entire site. <laughs> in terms of keeping it relevant every time it changes, you know, um, every time the world changes, every time the internet changes, you know, we're off of it and we change with it. Um, one of the things I've been doing during the pandemic is being that I can't leave the house, I can't, you know, um, I've been producing um, horror shows, I guess, you know, about horror movies on our, our YouTube channel, uh, Joe Blow Horror Videos. So, yeah, I've been producing online, basically, little shows and stuff like that. And we're doing very, very well. So that's, you know, that's where we're at now. You know, we're focusing a lot on videos and uh, because videos is the present and the future. And, uh, yeah, I'm proud that you're on the head now with, oh, yeah, 20 years old. 20 years old, and yet I still look great. Mm. Absolutely. And and I, I was uh, I just doing a little bit. Little Facebook stalking the other day, and I saw that um, you're you're heavily into um, weightlifting, and 
you, you had said in your post that, you know, you felt like it, it attributed to, you know, helping to, to keep your youthful boyish looks. And so I was like, man, I got to get on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely. Definitely. I mean, uh, you know, my, my life pre pandemic was always 40% at home and 60% either in LA or Europe or traveling and meeting people and everything. And now it's been hundred percent at home. So, um, the first thing that happened, of course, they closed the gym, so I bought my own gym, and it's been one of the things that's been uh, helping me keep sane on top of you know, hiking, climbing mountains, um, just moving around, going outside, and working. You know, I'm always working. So, um, but weightlifting, just as an aside, uh, if you're 40 years old and over, start doing it if you want to age gracefully. It's, it makes your bones stronger. And it makes your muscles stronger, so hence, you know, you're holding yourself up. You're not crouched down, you know, pushed down by the gravity. So uh, weightlifting is really important uh, type of exercise if you want to age. If you want to be a strong man when you age, like a piece with nine years old, still weightlifting, still directing teachers, nine years old. That's, that's enough said. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is some that is some really really good life advice. I'm I'm gonna take you up on that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, you were uh, talking a little bit about um, some of the shorts that that you um, had done uh, with Joe Blow um, and since the pandemic. And I just wanted to say I, I did check out the the short film um, that you put up a couple days ago, The Shadow, and I thought that it was really really neat and. I think that that's so cool. I mean, like you said, you guys are adapting with just the time, you know, this pandemic thing is just really, really crazy, but it's awesome that you guys are still pumping out really, really good content. And uh, I really enjoy watching um, the shadow. Well, just, just to be clear, I mean, the shadow, I didn't make the shadow or create the shadow, um, but we hosted it, you know, so, we create our own content on the channel, but I started putting it up there to um, post short films from other filmmakers to support them and give them exposure. So The Shadow was one of them. Um, that's uh, Ivan Jovic, who's a um, MMA fighter who um, becoming an actor. And um, we actually met online and I just got along. And I saw his short, and I just wanted to support him. You know, I think I think uh, Ivan has uh, potential to, to to really be somebody in the business, and that's why the shadow was uh, hosted. But in terms of um, horror videos, what we do, you know, like we have the UFO show, uh, which just basically chronicles all the UFO sightings of the month that has passed, because this year it's been all about UFOs. We we have a show called We Want to Believe, which is um, uh, paranormal investigation. And then we have shows about movies, like the best horror movie you never saw. We, we take movies that maybe the new generation doesn't know and, you know, shed light on them. Or, um, yeah, stuff like that. Man, that's awesome. That is awesome. And uh, I think, yeah, there actually has been a ton of UFO sightings this year. This has been a, such a strange year. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I don't. I, I, I just hope I don't hear trumpets. Yeah, same here. There's the Christmas star on the 21st. And, uh, yeah, if, if I'm able to say Happy New Year and the next day I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was trying to say, like, before we started the interview. I was like, I'm just, I'm just happy to see another year. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask you, I know that you do uh, some writing as well. Um, is there, I, I guess in general, because you, you do so many things, but is there a certain, like a specific process or like a ritual that you do to prepare for, uh, to prepare for a role or to prepare for a movie? Um, you mean writing a movie or acting in a movie? Uh, writing. Writing. Well, it's kind of changed. It's kind of changed because I'm at a point in my life, you know, I used to write spec scripts. Spec scripts is basically means you're writing scripts that nobody hired you to write um, to make it. Like Heretic. You know, nobody hired me to write Heretic. I wrote it with three and we did that together. And that process was actually really, really fantastic. I used to always write alone, and um, I started writing the career, and we wrote like four or five years together, actually, out on the bank right now, and it's been a really rewarding process in the sense that Karim is the complete opposite of me. Uh, we're opposites, but we complement each other very well, so he'll bring things to the table that I wouldn't, and vice versa, so it's been the thing writing with a partner. When I used to write alone, uh, yeah, I would have a process, you know, shut the lights, serve myself a drink, and, you know, when I used to write all the wee hours of the morning, but that was young, young Fallon, younger Fallon, you know, <laughs> I'm an older guy, so, you know, I'm in bed, I'm in bed at 11, 12, I'm up at 5, 6. Um, oh, crap. <laughs> well, process, basically now, there's, there's not even a drink. My process now is basically... Isolate myself, no distraction, turn the phone off, and write. Um, one thing I do do is when I hit a wall on anything that I'm writing, I step away from it and I go for a walk. Or I hike a mountain. Or I mean, I have forests all around me and stuff. So I go in the forest and I just walk. And by the time I get back home after that walk, I usually found um, a solution. So that's, that's one thing that I do. Um just on the on the topic of legacy and just you know not to get too sentimental um but i just wanted to to ask you you know when people look at your body of work you know 10 20 30 years from now what's the biggest takeaway that you want them to get from it oh you're going heavy walter um <laughs> i'm sorry jock <laughs> yeah no it's all right it's all right well look you know I, it's uh everyone that had is Part of my legacy, you know, I was one of the first, uh, you know, I was one of the pioneers of the internet, the website, blogs, and everything like that, I, you know, when I on the head started, and I was trying to get into press screenings, you know, studios were laughing at me, saying, who the hell are you, internet? <laughs> oh, you're not coming to our press screenings, you know, and 
And so I was I was one of the people, you know, along with Joe Blowbridge, obviously Harry knows that, and um, and so I know heroin had some part of my legacy. Um, I hope the shelter will be as well. Um, the shelter right now looks probably what I'm proudest of in terms of everything I've achieved so far. And Heritage, I think, will be my crowning achievement. So, so yeah, so right now I want people to, I, I, I am, what I want and what's going to happen are not maybe the same thing, but right now I think I'm going to be remembered for everyone ahead in some circles from the shelter. And when I get Heretics done, I think that's just going to pull everybody away. Absolutely. Absolutely, John. I completely agree. Um, I want to transition uh, just for a second. Um, I wanted to ask you um, what what uh, projects are you currently working on that you can tell us about? I know um, Heretic is is um, um, is still you're still working towards it. Are there any other projects that you're working on you can tell us about? Definitely, definitely. Well, you know, as you said, you know, Heretic right now with the uh, social unrest in Armenia, researchers and I were kind of way, and of course this beautiful pandemic, we're kind of waiting for everything to clear to, to, to rev up again. So that's ongoing. Um, no Man's Ridge, but Eric Red still pushing on that. Um, I was actually supposed to direct the film, um, kind of like a horror thriller that I co-wrote uh, in Germany next year, but COVID again. So that's, that's up in the air, but you know, I will direct it um, once pandemic passes, whether it's before Heretic or after, who knows? I kind of hope it's before because it'll be a nice little warm up. That's a smaller movie than Heretic, and Heretic is very big, you know, the biggest thing I've ever done. It'd be a nice, a nice warm up to do uh, that little thriller um, in Germany. And uh, I'm writing the Arrow Net book, so which will be uh, part um, biography, not like. Kind of like my experience, like as one of the pioneers of websites, you know, being flown around, red carpets, playboy parties, all this stuff, you know, it was the Wild West, the studios didn't know what to do with us, they treated us like stars, so that was a nice thing. So, you know, one third of the book will be that, and the rest will be all in my reviews, which, you know, a lot of people uh, really appreciated. So that'll, that'll be my point finale, as they uh, on air on the head. Okay. And okay. Uh, I've also pitched uh, a horror script that I really like. Everybody always said, you know, oh, you're the arrow, arrow on the head, horror. And, you know, I remember when the shelter came out, some people was like, that's what you do? You do a face thing? Not like a pure hardcore horror movie, and you're the arrow, and it winds up being some face thing. I'm like, yeah, well, then, that's how I roll. But, um, you know, I've, I've been offered scripts to direct, um, some horror, some not. And, you know, I realized, you know, acting-wise, I'll pretty much take anything uh, if, if it pays well and, you know, it's a good role. Uh, but directing, uh, I realized that over the course of the year that I'm not a paycheck director, meaning that, you know, I got offered a amount of money to direct a film, but I didn't believe in the script, so I passed, even though the money would have been nice, so I passed. I got offered another which was just not for me, so I passed. So I realized in terms of directing, 
uh, it really has to be, uh, I really have to be uh, a million percent behind it uh, on every level. So that's one thing I realized uh, this year. I'm not a paycheck director. I'll never be some. That's just how it is. Um, so, but I did get offered an horror uh, script, which I think is incredible. So that's, it's just too early to talk about it right now, but that's on the table as well. Thank you. Um, John, I'm all out of questions, but I, I wanted to thank you for joining us on the show today. And I wanted to open the floor to you if there's anything else you said to our listening audience. Yes, um, you could follow me on, um, visit my blog, my blog uh, John with an H dash com. I'm also uh, on Facebook, is Facebook um, official John Fallon. I'm on Instagram, official John Fallon. And um, yeah, no, I used to be on Twitter, but too much negative energy, so I removed that. So those are the main spots. John, thank you so much. Uh, um, you're also on Instagram, correct? Yes, uh, Instagram official John Fallon with an H. Awesome, awesome. John, thank you so much. I'm greatly appreciative of you taking time out of your busy schedule to do this interview with us. Really appreciate it. No problem, Walter. Thank you so much for the support, and uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and God bless you, Walter. God bless you too, John. Thank you.